began so long ago with a band of Queen's Park men. Hello and welcome to the latest bonus episode of the Spiders Talk podcast. David Blair, Callum Stewart, Enzo Tamanini back with you once again. This time we do have another special guest with us. You may recall a few months ago that Callum and Enzo spoke with David Weatherston, former Queen's Park player from the glory era of the 2006, 2007, 2018. Well, we did continue. We thought after that we'd It'd be great to get some current players or some current people in the club involved. We're still working away at that. However, today we do have a former Queen's Park player, but he's got plenty to talk about. Uh, yeah, what an introduction he's going to have here. A League Two winner, League One playoff winner, current joint top goalscorer in the Championship still, and, well, one of the biggest stories in Scottish football in January. It's none other than Simon Murray. Simon, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh... Yeah, good to be here, uh, have a good chat with the guys, um, so yeah, all good. Good stuff, um, obviously, I mean, first of all, we, we have to thank you, um, it was actually yourself that did reach out to us first, uh, we did have it in our heads, as I say, we were wanting to get, we actually wanted to get you on months ago, but we were trying to go through um, official channels, maybe it just didn't quite work out, but we're very glad to have you here, uh, we also got a lot to talk about, as I say, um, your time with Queen's Park obviously coming in back in 2020. They had the, the COVID hit season uh, where we won League Two, League One, the Championship. We are going to start, though, with, of course, the, the big story in January, the transfer deadline they moved to Ross County. Um, I, I'm quite interested in this because, of course, you very rarely get the chance to sort of hear from like a player side of it and how it all goes. Back in la uh, last summer, you signed a, a one-year extension with Queen's Park. Now, I think at that point we were all... We were all quite surprised that you maybe came back for the year in general. Obviously, there was going to be the interest, especially with the, the very good end to the season that there was in League One. You came back for a year. Where, at what point did your phone start blowing up this season? I mean, obviously, we got to January. Everybody knows six months to go. A player's going to have the interest, is going to be able to start talking to other clubs. I suppose scoring four goals against Cove at the beginning of the month uh, didn't help us. Yeah. No, I mean, um, obviously, uh, when you're in the last sort of six months of your contract, that's when um, teams could sort of approach you um, and you're free to speak. Um, so, yeah, that was just, obviously, my contract was was running down with Queen's Park. So, um, yeah, that's when teams probably from uh, the start of January would 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 come in contact, yeah. Heard obviously, obviously you ended up at Ross County. We've heard that Dundee were certainly um, interested, and I believe they got in touch with Queens Park on the day of the the last game at Tens Park, which is a very sneaky of them. How were you aware of a lot of interest in you? Like from from your point of view, what happens here? Or does your like agent and, and things like that side of it is it dealt with entirely by them? How much how much are you aware of that interest? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've got obviously got a an agent and I've got a good working relationship with him but it wasn't it wasn't like it was actively a, a big thing that was going on to be honest there wasn't any talks really um, there was interest um, from a couple of clubs and I think there was um, maybe contact from there but um, it was uh, left with like when I spoke to, with my agent I just said I, I just want to concentrate on my football uh, with Queen's Park until uh, you really need to speak to me and something uh, was of interest. 
So obviously then it got to deadline day and, and things moved very quickly from our point of view, from our side of it. There was, of course, it was a, a pre-contract that was agreed with Ross County. And then, you know, the things moved behind the scenes where uh, it became a, a permanent move on, on transfer deadline day. Again, when was like the, the pre-contract sort of agreed? And then it was a case of Ross County came back and were like, right, hang on a minute. We're going to get you up here sooner if that's what you want. And, you know, like, again, just, just kind of how did it go from your side there? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Ross County had uh, spoken with myself and um, there, was, there was an agreement made. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd kind of speaking to Queen's Park as well, but um, there was a few things that um, obviously then I, I'd went and agreed with uh, Ross County. But, um, yeah, when I, when I agreed the pre-contract, I never had in my mind that I would be leaving uh, at this point. I wasn't overly fussed about leaving. Um, I mean, I wasn't like I was sort of pushing myself to leave. Um, but um, I had obviously spoke with, with the manager and stuff like that. And me and him have got a great relationship. He's he's a, he's a great, great man, a great guy. And um, yeah, we just thought it was best after I'd, I'd obviously agreed a, a sort of pre-contract that it was best for all parties that, um, that, that I went um, I went now. You did kind of mention that was going to be my next question. Um, if Queen's Park were also um, involved in you know, the, offering a contract, obviously, as I say, with your, your original contract due to run out in the summer, uh, I did notice there was, a, you know, obviously Owen Call has been asked about it a couple of times. We've had the games on the TV and stuff since. Um, with the, like, the counter-offer that Queen's Park made, uh, Owen Call kind of suggested it was you know, financially we just couldn't keep up. I'm not gonna. I'm not asking you to disclose your wage or anything at all like that. I'm well aware that's not gonna happen. But when it obviously comes to, um, I suppose the biggest question and what caused the biggest frustration to put politely with the Queens Park fans, Enzo, as he was on the bus up to Inverness and found out at Pitlockery on his phone <laughs> what was obviously going on. Um, I suppose yeah, the biggest frustration with the fans was just trying to understand from our point of view. We thought we you know we are seeing it as at the you know. Your joint top, still joint top goal scorer in the league, club captain. Um, I mean, we all know the enthusiasm that you play football with anyway, but we obviously take that as, you know, that was how much you loved playing at Queen's Park, which I'm, I'm sure you did. We're going to talk about many of those good memories shortly as well. Um, what was like the overriding factor for you? Because again, when you know, there's you, you see the interviews, obviously, seen interviews that you've done in the press elsewhere. You know, again, everybody knows you've got a young family, you've got another uh, child on the way very shortly. There's absolutely nothing wrong with making decisions for your family. Of course there isn't. It's, that's what you've got to do. How much, how how difficult was it to kind of weigh up between perhaps the football inside of being in this on-form team, top of the championship, to then still having to take that jump up, where of course you've still got, I suppose, the premiership football. You know, your your second game was 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 playing at Ibrooks. You know, which of course is a, a big draw for any player. Just how how did you weigh up between your agent and just yeah, um, how how did it go down there? Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't uh, it wasn't a decision that that I took lightly. I mean, obviously I've been at the club. It was two and a half seasons at that point. Uh, I've made a lot of great friends. We've had a lot of great memories, and as you say, I, w I was playing in a, a a really good team, flying high at the top of the league. A manager that has gave me my sort of leaf, lease of life uh, back in football. Um, 
and obviously got me to the point where other teams were showing interest. So I've obviously built myself up, and you guys know that I've been from through injuries and uh, from probably more. There's not it's not all been plain sailing. Um, so obviously, um, when the manager came in and, and I kind of kicked on again, so um, it was it was obviously a massive decision for me. But probably there was obviously uh, pluses. I mean negatives as well and positives that I needed to weigh up and a longer term contract where, where I am now, uh, a chance to, to get a track right now at the, the Premier League which was also a playing factor because um, obviously they're quite a, they're quite a well established uh, Scottish Premier League team and I know they've been down uh, in the championship that were recent but um, overall they've done, they've done really well so I think it was just probably um, a a case of more security in terms of the longer length contract um, and uh, as I say a crack um, a crack at the SPL and I mean obviously Queen's Park could top the league and, and, and it's almost well I could have stayed and, and got them up and that's something I'll probably have to live with and, and obviously it was a difficult decision um, but it was just one I felt that for my family as you said that it was probably best with a, I mean, the long-term contract and obviously um, getting a crack at the the Premier League. Simon, you're obviously you're speaking to us from Inverness right now. Dingwall is is a slightly further commute from Dundee than than what Glasgow is. So, are you spending a bit of time up there through the weekend and travelling to games separately from the rest of the team at the weekend, or or what's the what's the kind of situation with that? Yeah, I stay up in Inverness at the moment three nights a week. Um, when I was at Queen's Park, it was it was two nights a week. Uh, stayed with my good wee pal Tommy Robson, and uh, we had some good times over the last couple of years. I was his whole. I, I was his, uh, uh, what would you call it? midweek chef? That's how I was cooking, cooking <laughs> the food. Um, but obviously, going on Tommy, great to see that he's took the captaincy. Um, so that's great. Um, but yeah, when I'm up here. Um, three nights a week and then I, I travel with the with the team on the bus um two away days and stuff so the manager uh they like to keep everyone together um on the coaches and stuff i just need to make arrangements um with cars and and, and to get back and forth but um it's not it's not that bad it's all good Enough. Talking talking about buses, Simon, I need to ask. We all hear about the, the sort of drama of like deadline day and the mad scenarios and stuff like that that, that players might get themselves into. Um there was a rumour going about that you were actually on the bus up the towards the, the, the Queen's Park game um and you had to jump off to head to get stuff sorted for uh for your move to, to Ross County. Is that is that something you can tell us about or is or or, or is that uh, is that just rumours? Well, I mean, ultimately, I was I'm a, I was a Queens Park player, so I was preparing for the game as normal. Um, obviously, a lot of these decisions that had happened were above my head, so it's not it's obviously as a, a professional player, a team captain. I need I needed to show um, that obviously I was I was there with the team. I was a Queens Park player at the end of the day, so yeah, I was obviously travelling up to Inverness and. Um, Obviously, things happened, and, and we had to make other arrangements. But um, yeah, I was I was going ahead as to go up with Inverness and and uh, play obviously in the Scottish Cup game that was happening. So for me, it was a bit of a uh, 
World Wind last day, uh, playing against uh, Inverness in the Scottish Cup, but uh, came on as a substitute uh, against Hibs. So, yeah, pretty, pretty funny and one to look back on, I suppose, in a few years' time to think how what even happened there. But um, it was dealt with professionally. I mean, obviously, I was going up, as I said, to prepare for the game with all the boys and uh, obviously had to make a slight detour. <laughs> no, that's that, that's good. It's it's good yeah. getting that sort of insight because you never you never really hear that not, sort of thing. Not quite left uh, on a, on the side of the motorway. Chucked off halfway down and that left to left to fend for yourself. But no, that that's all good. Yeah. Um, I believe he might have wanted me to walk home, but <laughs> magic. How did the team react to the news when when they found out on the on the bus? Um. Yeah. Obviously, it's. They went up. It's obviously a, a distraction. It was, to be honest, it was kept quiet. It's, it, it was, it wasn't like I'd spoke about in the dressing room. Um, obviously, maybe a couple of the players that I was close to would 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 know about it. But um, yeah, obviously, I didn't want them to be affected, knowing that it would happen, and maybe they would, obviously, be thinking, "Oh, we don't want." I don't know if he would want want you to leave or or, or say. Just what I don't know, but um, yeah, they never really knew too much about it. But when they did, obviously, it was uh, obviously sad to see me go. I was sad to leave um, the guys because I mean, in all my time in football, uh, it's an it's an amazing group of players that are there. Um, everyone, I can honestly say that everyone gets on amazingly well. We've got a great togetherness, and there's a lot of young, exciting players there. Uh, they do they do a lot of things uh, out with football. When they're at football, they're not in a rush to to leave. Um, playing card games, um, just having a, a general good time together. So uh, leaving them, obviously, being a good part of the team and being captain, and obviously building relationships. As I said, with like Tommy uh, that I'd stayed with, and and he helped me a lot um, when I was there because obviously I'd done a lot of travelling, but then. I ended up staying with him a, a few nights a week and, and stuff like that. So, obviously, you guys see it as, as football and we just play on Saturday. But, I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of good friends there. So, it was, it was quite sad, actually, to be, to be honest. Let's go back now and have a look at the last two and a half seasons. Um, Callum, I think you're wanting to start and have a look right the way back at Simon joining Queen's Park. Yeah, definitely. So th- thanks thanks very much for talking us through what happened. We thought it'd be good to kind of have a, a chat through that and then have a, a sort of general reflection on your on your time with Queen's. So yeah, looking back to the, the 2021 season, so you joined us from, and I'm going to totally butcher this pronunci- pronunciation, Bidvest? You're going to have to correct yeah. me on that oh, one. Sorry. Is that right? Bidvest Vits. Vits, yeah. You got it. You got it good. You got it. It was a Vitz bit that I wasn't sure about, which is why I just said Bidvest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you joined you joined Queens um, in in twenty twenty one from from Bidvest, and this was the the first full season of us going pro. So we'd went pro the year or we'd went pro the year before, and this was the the first full season. Can you talk us about how that move came about? Because I think it's pretty fair to say that um, from our perspective as fans, bearing in mind that all of us have been used to the, the the amateur sort of era of Queen's Park where we don't tend to get sort of big names coming to us and all that sort of stuff. So when you joined us, it was very much a, 
a statement signing by the club, I think it's fair to say. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to get a wee bit of background on how that move came about initially um, and, and sort of the influences that you had in joining the club. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I was coming back uh, from my, my time in South Africa um, and I, obviously I was, I was, I'd come back in and it was basically, uh, was it the end, of, the end of March that COVID kind of hit, so I needed to get home for that. Um, but I was I was kind of at the tail end um, of my my pre my sort of rehab at that time from that from my injury, um, so at that point I was I was obviously working in Dundee with sort of private physio and whatever else, um, and then I was getting to the point then I was I was looking for teams and I and I had uh, a couple of offers from the SPL clubs at that at that time, um, but. I knew Ray McKinnon um, was at Queen's Park at the time. He was obviously my previous manager uh, at Dundee United. And he contacted me basically and said, look, we've got this really exciting, really exciting project um, to come along. And obviously at the time it was League Two. So I, it, was, it was a lot to think about. Um, but he just said, look, come and meet me and uh, we'll have a coffee and a chat and we'll speak about um, sort of where the club's wanting to aim to and, and the sort of aspirations that they've got. Um, so I, I went and met Raymond and obviously I had a great working relationship with him before uh, and I just felt at the time coming back from an injury, um, Queen's Park had offered me a two-year deal at that point um, which was more uh, in terms of contract than what the other teams were that, that were interested and I just felt the overall sort of project really excited. It really excited me. Um, as he said, there was a, a journey from League Two and they wanted to progress through, through the leagues. Uh, and something as a player that I kind of felt at the time that I, I didn't feel like this would be an opportunity that for many players that would, it would come, al- come along. Um, and I mean, obviously, starting at League Two and getting to the championship... Um, was it's a, it's a great run, but yeah, it was Raymond that got in touch. The club was amazing because obviously I'd went and I wasn't much fit. I hadn't done a pre-season. I hadn't even finished my rehabilitation from my previous injury. So the the sort of opportunity opportunity that the club gave me at the time to go and work with the physio who's still there, you and Duffy that I've, I've got an amazing uh, relationship with. Um, yeah, it was great for me to go into a place and they gave me the uh, a sort of a, as much time as that I needed to come back and and obviously try and return them the favour. No, that's that's a really good insight and you kind of touched on it briefly. How hard is that for you professionally dropping down to League Two at that point? Because I think it's fair to say that that, that is a risk. Um, as far as like your career goes, if it doesn't work out and stuff like that, so was that a was that the main thing that you would have grappled with, or were you just totally sold on uh, Ray on, on Ray's Ray's vision for the for the next couple of years? Um, yeah, there's obviously a bit of that because previously I'd been at Dundee United, Hibs. I finished Hibs top goalscorer, went across to um, the 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 previous champions of the league. So I went over to South Africa. The team that I joined was. Champions the year before, so I, I would I'd been I would say uh, obviously been in the 
the Premier League and stuff like that. And obviously, if a player was to think, oh, they dropped down to League Two and it doesn't quite work out, you pick up a few injuries, where could your career go? But I just felt, in terms of like the pit, like the sort of the way that I w- that I knew what I could do, I always believed that um, as soon as I signed at Queens Park, I believed that I would get them up as high as I thought they could go. Um, and in terms of that was the Premier League. Um, that was the target, obviously, when when I signed, um, and obviously we're we're on they're on a good road to that, which is, which is great. But yeah, I mean, I I believed in myself that I could go there. Um, I also felt if I went to a team that was maybe in the Premier League, I'd be in and out. I wouldn't get much game time. They would be more ruthless with with me uh, in terms of I'm not fit, so he's not going to do a job for me. And I mean, um, in football. If you're not doing a job at that time, a lot of clubs would obviously um, probably send you packing or whatever else. But um, I just felt it was a great opportunity. I worked with Raymond before uh, and he sold the, sold the club amazingly. And um, it was a great decision in the end for me um, to join Queen's Park. It's great for us as well. I mean, as you say, we we are sitting top of the championship, and when you joined, I think we were all kind of thinking you did start to hear the narrative from the club about how big their plans and ambitions were, and it was quite hard for us to genuinely comprehend as fans, given that we're we're used to being uh, sort of lambasted to to League Two and maybe maybe getting out for a wee while and then and then dropping back down. Um, but onto the sort of playing side of it. So in your, in your first season with us, you you talked about um, you you obviously came from South Africa where you had a really difficult period with with injury, and I think you had your first game for us in November where you you actually scored in the last minute. I think it was, was that against Benny. Yeah, um, Yeah, very 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 yeah. familiar with that area right now. Um, so can, can can you can you talk us through a wee bit about like what that rehab process was like? Because you hear, am I right in saying it was a, was that an ACL? Yeah, done. Uh, I basically done my ACL, uh, snapped my meniscus. Um, I, I was operated on in South Africa from a surgeon over there, uh, and then it came back and obviously the physio assessed me and just uh, basically gave me a great program for the. I think it was maybe three, 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 or, three or four months, two or three, four months um, to work with um, every day, uh, obviously, at Queen's Park at, at Lesser Hamden. And yeah, it just got me in as good in, in, in as good shape to be probably match ready to go out there and, and, and play. But obviously, my fitness levels took a fair bit more to come back at that point. But to come back and I was putting a uh, a big shift in the, the 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 gym before I came up to play, but ultimately it was good uh, good debut to come on. I think Bob Bob McHugh scored a nice uh, little left foot across the goalie uh, as well. Thank you, got a wee assist for that actually. He did, yeah. I was watching I was watching the highlights of that game the other day when I was making my notes for this, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was very decent. Um, how how difficult is it during that period? Because when you see I mean, my only reference point is watching these uh, these Amazon documentaries about the the big clubs, and you see the players lying on the rehab table and a very sort of frustrating time. Like, how how difficult is you when you join a new club? You're obviously excited for the move, the new project, everything that's going on, um, having to kind of watch the 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 team that you're joining, you're wanting to help with, and um, play without you. 
yeah, obviously as a player, you 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 never want to be injured. You want to be out there training every day, trying to get obviously on the on the field and winning games, and as a striker, obviously scoring goals. Um, at the time when I'm joined, obviously I've joined teammates, and I'm in the gym all the time because I'm I'm doing my rehab and they're training, and they're probably wondering all when's this guy going to be coming in and, and whatever else. But um, yeah, obviously as as a player, really frustrating um, when you're injured and. Um, obviously I had a bad one at, at that point I think I was 26 at the time 27 I can't remember the years have gone quick but <laughs> uh, yeah uh, and just you, you just want to get back as quick as possible and help and obviously it kind of helped me that at the point in League 2 that Queen's Park uh, we were doing really well so there wasn't as much pressure on me to return uh, really maybe too soon if you know what I mean so because the team was doing well it wasn't a case of of a desperate desperately needing Simon to come on or or come into the game, uh, so they gave me ample time to, you know, I mean, come back and and sort of, yeah, safely. No, that's that's good. And and sort of concluding, I guess that twenty twenty one season. Obviously, it was a a really successful season for the club. We I don't think we lost the game until we mathematically won the won the league. Um, yeah. Up up until that point, and I'm always interested when you see these sort of scenarios of like teams who are maybe at the start of a new project. They've got some investment. They're going to be pushing forward, and they they are they are just sort of a step or two ahead of the other teams in the league. See, as a player, like, did you know early on when you're watching the team and you're seeing the guys playing football, did you know early on that that squad was probably of a better standard than the rest of the league? Was that confidence there? Um, throughout the camp, do, like as professionals, do you just know that you should be going out and probably beating most of the other teams in that league? Yeah, I mean the players obviously that we had um, on paper and and what they, what they, where they had come from, we should have been or we, we were fairly confident that we're going in to win games. But ultimately, you're playing against teams every week that are gunning for you because you're the sort of um, what would you call the big boys in the league and they're desperate to beat you. So and ultimately, players, they want to be in your position. They want to try and catch the eye of Queen's Park because they know that they're going to maybe jump up the leagues and, and they're doing really well. It's a well-run club and all that sort of thing. So it's not just as easy as going out there and um, uh, sort of just brushing these teams aside. Um, the games were tough. I mean, I think Tilden Beef and all these sort of places, Albion Rovers, I mean... They're not pretty venues to go to. So on the best of days with the winter pitches and stuff, you do need to make sure that you're obviously switched on and you're together and you just go there as professionally as possible and, and, and do the job, which uh, the boys done really well. As you said, I think one, we didn't lose until uh, we got beat at Elgin away, was it? Yeah, Elgin away. So... Um, it was a great run. Uh, the boys done great, and obviously a great achievement to go up there and um, win win the league um, at first time. Sort of asking, uh, which because there's a lot of pressure on you as players. I mean, the guys that had come into the team, we were we all had uh, points to prove at that, and everyone was uh, I suppose shining the spotlight on us because uh, well, it, it was a big thing that Queens Park had gone professional and whatever else. So uh, you do feel that. Uh, pressure as players as well so um, but thankfully we won the league 
<laughs> Aye, that's, that's certainly a good way to to round off that season. So kind of moving into the the 21-22 season, there was obviously one one big change in the summer, and that's uh, that's Ray McKinnon leaving for 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 Laurie Ellis. Um, how how surprised were you by this move? And by the sounds of it, from what you've told us so far, you had a really really good relationship with Ray. So what were your sort of feelings when that uh, that change of management happened? Yeah, obviously built a good relationship with uh, with Raymond over the years. Uh, still keeping contact and whatever else, but. Um, it was it was probably a shock to everyone, you guys and 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 the players and and whatever else. But um, Raymond obviously done a great job. I mean, we went and won the league, but um, I think obviously ultimately the club decided that they wanted to take a, a fresh approach for whatever reason. And uh, as a player, um, you're you're employed by the club. You need to be as professional as possible. And uh, I mean. Yeah, show your support to whoever they decide to go to go with. So, um, obviously, it was a shock, but as a player and probably as fans, nothing in football surprises you. So, um, yeah, you just had to go with it. Um, and obviously, Laurie was uh, Raymond's assistant, so he he then came in. Um, so it was just a, a direction the club probably felt that they were going in, uh, and that was it. But yeah. Yeah, no. So, see, I, I'm I'm always interested in these sorts of scenarios for players and kind of how how you handle them because obviously, different managers have different styles of football, different approaches. Is there any sort of insight that you can give us into the differences in managerial styles between like Ray and and, and Laurie? Where because obviously Laurie was the the coach with Ray, so did they play a a sort of similar style of football? Was the training the same? Is it? Or was it distinctly different once Laurie took over as manager? Because um, it's the sort of thing that, as as fans, we never really get to to hear or or see that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a hard one because I think yeah, well, every every manager I've had a few of them now, <laughs> but um, every manager's got a different approach and and how they do things. Uh, some are man managers, some uh, maybe better on the coaching field, some are a bit of both. It's just, yeah, it's just hard. Raymond was, um, I would say in that first season, we, I think we played a 4-4-2 mostly. Um, we were playing a, a lot of gung-ho attacking. There was, I think there was quite a lot of goals in, in, in that in that first season. Um, and then when Laurie came in, he played more of a 4-2-3-1 a and whatever else. Um, he was probably more, uh, a, probably more youthful. I don't know if that would make sense more. There was maybe a bit more um, tactical based, maybe on the training pitch at that point. But um, Raymond done that as well. It's it's hard to really pinpoint. I mean, every coach has got their own views and 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 to do things differently. Um, but yeah, hard to pinpoint what yeah what they all do differently. I don't know. Yeah, and then obviously you would have had. Just sticking to the theme of managerial changes, Laurie, it didn't it didn't work out with him, unfortunately. And then uh, Marin Bucher took over as as uh, as manager for a while, which must have been a, a sort of strange one. I know that as fans, we were certainly uh, we were certainly curious as to how that would that would work for you guys. Does the the group have like how does a group deal with that sort of thing? Do you as as players just try and 
block it all out and, and sort of crack on as much as you can? Or does it reinvigorate you when you get a new manager coming in like that? Uh, I mean, I, I can only speak for the, the group that Queen's Park have, and I, I know what the guys are like, and there's not bad eggs in there, or there's no big egos or anything like that. So all the guys there have just stuck to their job and they've done it to the best of their ability at the time. So, yeah, obviously there was changes and stuff like that. But as I said, as players, you, you're doing it for your team. You're doing it for, uh, I mean, obviously yourself as well. So you want to give your all no matter what happens. So, yeah, all these changes and whatever else happening could probably be a distraction at times. And obviously it's sad to see managers go. Um, but when you're in football, you kind of realise this is kind of, the way of football comes and goes and it's probably something that the younger guys now I've obviously been through a few managers getting that have, that have, that have left and new managers have come managers that have uh, left that have signed me in and obviously a new manager that will come that doesn't know me or they need to get you so it's obviously a great learning curve for young guys that have maybe been there and they haven't had that sort of change from managers and then new managers coming in but that's just football and you need to adapt uh, to different styles and different managers. And Some managers might shout at you, some might, managers might put the sort of arm around your, your shoulder and whatever else. So um, as a player, you just need to kind of take it in your stride uh, and, and I suppose give your all for whoever um, comes along. Expect the unexpected. That feels like the, the theme of a, a life as a footballer from everything that you've, you've told us thus far. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah onto the onto the uh, the sort of football inside of that. So you had a really good start to the season in, in 21-22, four goals in your, your first five league games. And I think um obviously we ended up getting promoted that season, which was fantastic through the playoffs. But I think a common theme of, of that year from a football inside was draws and one one draws specifically. Yeah, Jesus Christ, have I ever have I seen another one one draw there? I know it was it was wild, and I think I can't remember. I counted them up at one point when we were doing one of the the podcast episodes. I think it was like six. Consistency is key. (laughs) uh, Yeah, look, it was frustrating because I don't know about you guys, but I felt at the start of that season, um, coming off the back of a pre-season, the team was playing really good football. Um, I mean, we were unlucky at times to. not score more goals. And at the start of that season, I felt feel like it was a common theme that it was like one one week we're going to get six and five and six. And do you know do you know what I'm saying? I felt like we were playing good football and um, it just I don't know. There maybe the pressure started building. It was probably um, there was obviously draws coming and we couldn't turn them into wins. And then we were we were losing late goals. I think a lot of the goals were we were one 0 up and losing late goals and. It, it wasn't, I don't know, sometimes in football, like, what are we not putting our finger on here because we're, we're trying to do everything right and, and all, all that. And sometimes that's just, it's just, it's a, again, another learning curve um, for us all. And um, it was just frustrating because at times at the start of the season, especially when, um, I'm not making excuses here, but the pitch was really good that we were playing on. And obviously, you know what the pitch was like by the end of the season. It, it was horrendous. So the style that we were maybe trying to implement and play under Laurie at the time 
it got harder to do because the pitch wasn't allowing us to maybe do it at times. Whereas, as you see this season, where we've been on AstroTurf pitches, um, you kind of know what you're getting every week. And as you've seen, we've played some really good, we've played some really good football on it. So uh, I'm not saying that the surface was the problem for conceding goals because it's the same for both teams and stuff like that. But when you're playing that good of football and we played Motherwell and at the start of the season, we matched them really well and there was teams that were played some great stuff um, at the start of the season and maybe when you start to con- concede that goal and it's one all and then again the next week it's one all there's always that little mindset that you, you have the fear factor of losing a goal and you back off the, the game instead of where this season we were on the front foot we were scoring goals we knew we could, even if we went one nil down we were going to score three like it's a different sort of approach and uh, maybe that's came from uh, the manager this year uh, I don't know but um, yeah at the time it was probably because you still you got to remember there was a lot of young players as well still Charlie Fox who obviously came and had done amazingly well but still only 22 23 I don't know so um, and other young players in the team as well Jack Thompson you've seen how how good how good he's been this year um, so it was a let I mean, we got through it in the end, but at times it was hard. And hopefully, again, another sort of character-building thing for, for these players that can then, in years to come, they have, they have gained that experience and hopefully go on to have uh, great careers because of the stuff that they've done now. Can I just ask, Simon, you mentioned earlier on, obviously, that we started that season well. There was the, the good win against Cove and the, uh, the brilliant win through in Falkirk. That was probably one of the, the most exciting wins I can remember supporting Queen's because I don't think we knew what to expect in it the last season and uh, that free kick you hit was was phenomenal. Is that something that you had been practising or whatever? Because I, I, I wasn't really, like prior to you joining the club, I, I don't really remember hearing that that was necessarily part of your skill set and then all of a yeah. sudden you whipped that one in out of nowhere. We've seen it a few times since then, obviously through in, uh, through in Kirkcaldy this season as well. Uh, you scored a cracker. Is that something that you'd they're putting a bit of time into. To be honest, I, even Charlie, I remember Charlie Fox saying this to me in training. He's, he's a funny guy. But he says, you never, you don't even practice these free kicks. You score them <laughs> in games. So, yeah, I don't, I don't spend any time practicing sort of dead ball free kicks. I'll maybe hit a couple, but it wouldn't be ones that I, I just feel in the moment if you feel confident yeah, fancy this one, or there was one at Peterhead this, this, at the start with uh, Don Thomas. He took one and he said, I, I fancy it. So at the time, maybe if you... I feel like I've got in the locker, um, maybe, at the, maybe at the previous clubs there was, there was much better free kick takers than me, but and I never <laughs> got the opportunity. But um, yeah, it's not something that I worked on, but yeah, that was a great day at Falkirk. An amazing win. Um, Aye. That was a great win, because it obviously gave a lot of belief. Because as you say, at the start of the start of the season, we were doing really well, and I felt that I had come into that season, started it really well as well. Um, at the start of the season, before obviously I had a few more wee niggles and stuff like that, which I'm sure you'll sure you'll get on to. 
That was actually, you know, that's very, very good segue there, Simon. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, to- I totally agree about that Falkirk one. We were talking about this in the pod, was it this week or last week? I can't remember. Um, but I certainly had I had that listed as perhaps my uh, one of my favourite goals of yours because at that point we didn't realise that Falkirk were going to turn out to be basket cases that season. So we we, <laughs> we fully expected him to be up the up the top end of the league. So it was it was an excellent win. But yeah, you touched on on sort of niggles that season for yourself, and you suffered another injury setback with a knee injury against uh, Montrose in December, and then I think that you, you didn't make your return until. Till April. Um, what was the dates on that? Yeah. Uh, so it was Montrose in December. Is that right? Yeah, and then yeah. you didn't get back in until April time. Yeah. So really difficult. Yeah, it was a real frustrating time for me because obviously um, I started the season fairly well. Had a little bit of a patch where I was I was struggling uh, with my knee a little bit. So. I think kind of what happened was when I when I done my knee injury, uh, I done my ACL and I done the meniscus. But at the time, uh, there's a couple of options when it comes to meniscus. You could uh, sort of clean it away so you don't have one, or you could stitch it. But the stitching of it sometimes doesn't heal properly. Um, so most footballers, if they just do the meniscus, they get it whipped away and they're back in six weeks. Whereas when I was in South Africa, I got mine healed because I was going through the long process of the ACL recovery. Anyway, they said we may as well do this because it's the same. It's the same timeline. So I thought fair enough. The only problem was that mine's sort the stitching or or the sort of healing healing process never worked properly. So over over the period of me coming back and playing games. It kind of, well, it must have uh, sort of, I don't know to, how to describe it, but yeah, disintegrated or sort of, yeah, just, I got injured again, basically, in the meniscal. So, unfortunately, I had to get a, a small keyhole surgery at that point. But even more frustratingly, it was only a six weeks recovery, but because I caught COVID, I wasn't allowed to get operated on for basically three months. So... Technically, it wasn't really my knee that kept me out all that time. It was, it was because I'd caught COVID and there was a thing. It was kind of like the, the doctors or the hospital, for insurance purposes, couldn't do some operating. So as a footballer, it's even tough being injured. But knowing that I've got a, a, a two-month injury, that I was out for four months because the hospital scenario. So... Obviously, it was a it was a frustrating time uh, at that point. Gosh, aye, that's that, that does sound absolutely brutal. Um, and I guess before we kind of Enzo's going to chat us through the the, the coil leader, I guess. Um, but at that stage, I guess you're starting. You, you mentioned earlier that you were on a two year contract at that point. What kind of considerations were were you making? Did you see like when you're 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 in the sort of midst of that that rehab period again? Did you see a future at Queens of the following season? And again, this is specifically like before Owen Coyle joined, or did you see yourself perhaps moving on from the club at that stage? Kind of how how far in advance do you plan those things, or can you plan them? Is that realistic? Um. Yeah. So when the manager came in, obviously it was kind of in line with me coming back fit. Is that is that right what I'm saying? Um 
So obviously, Aye, more or less. Yeah. So I've, I've basically been I've basically been injured. I'm coming back fit, and my focus, obviously, as a player, is to get back as quick as quick get up to uh, match fitness as quick as I could, um, and obviously make as big as impact as I felt that I knew I could. But at the time, the manager come in, he he kind of just gave me. Uh, basically, as a player, what you want to hear from a manager and the belief that he had in me, uh, and basically put saying that I need you fit, I want you to come back as fit as possible, and obviously have a, a great end to the season. Because obviously, I'm basically coming back fit just just in time for the playoffs, really. But he he, he just I don't know what it was. He just gave me that belief uh, and that sort of lease of life that I'd been missing in my football probably for for about a year um, that he just gave me that I don't know determination and drive um, to come back and, and finish the season as well, as well as what I did but I wanted to just come and do come back into the team and do as well for, for Queen's Park and obviously try and take them to the championship and then stay, stay with Queen's Park to Obviously, repay, um, repay them for what they've done for me in terms of injury. Like, obviously, I'd been out injury. I've had that niggle. Would other managers think I'm not taking the risk on Simon Murray again because I've had that injury and I've had my previous injury that maybe they would have, but uh, the manager made it clear after when it came back that he knew there was more, uh, like a lot more for me to come. And obviously, I hadn't had a pre-season, proper full pre-season for about four years. So he just knew there was more and more to come from me. And he just, uh, he got the best out of me, yeah, in the end. So you obviously touched on it a wee bit there yourself, Simon. What sort of immediate influence did Owen Coyle, and I suppose maybe even Sandy Stewart as well, have on the side? Because he was there in an unofficial capacity towards the tail end of last season, but he didn't formally take over the job until the start of this season, I believe. And we saw that Coyle wasn't getting into the changing room at half-time. I don't know if maybe he wasn't allowed to because he, he wasn't the manager yet, technically. Um, but what we saw as fans was this massive immediate shift in hunger and, and what seemed like motivation. Can you kind of talk us through a wee bit about what he changed when he, when he came in? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, at the time, uh, Owen Coyle... Uh, coming in, he's he's obviously a massive name. He's he's worked in the Premier League, uh, and in in England he won the playoff, uh, playoffs in the Championship to go to the Premier League. I think then you end up playing against the teams like Man United and all the all the big guns. And he, um, he's obviously got that. Men- he's he's managed at the top level, and he's got that. He's been been at the top, and he's got that sort of I don't know, just experience and and sort of aura that he's got and he's got obviously a lot of a massive respect from obviously players um young and old uh but he just he has this like infectious um sort of enthusiasm for football and uh the willingness to win games of football i'm sure you can see it from the the touchline i mean i'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying but uh because i'm obviously a striker and i'm at the top of the pitch he's He's, it's like he's controlling me with a FIFA pad. He's shouting at me like a thousand times a game, but only because he wants the best for me and he wants the best for the team. 
but he, I think what he, he said was at the time when he came in that he felt there was more to come from the team. Uh, and I think when he changed his training and the demand, the probably the demands around training took that next level. Sort of, he wouldn't ex, he wouldn't uh, accept anything less than obviously a hundred percent from any anyone. And I mean, I'm not saying that the players weren't given that, but he maybe just found that extra sort of gear. Um, and I mean, I I don't know, but. I th- we felt like there was probably, yeah, more. Um, it was more high high intensity that we were playing with to, to then um, at the end of the season, and maybe just in, instilled that belief into that squad. Um, and obviously, we maybe kind of were a bit short in confidence before that, and maybe he just gave gave us that back. Yeah, no, that that makes that's. I think that was kind of what we saw from the outside as well. Like I said, like the players were playing with a lot more belief, looked more confident going forward, um, a bit more solid at the back. And this really started to shine in the playoffs. And that's when we started to see the Simon Murray, I suppose, that everyone uh, expected when you when you joined the club. And I know obviously you had you had a couple of injury niggles, but you really started to to show what you were capable of and, and you were a massive part and and us uh, progressing past Dunfermline, obviously that goal through at East End Park, Bob McHugh set you up brilliantly for. By the way, I, I don't know how many times I've seen that back. Um, yeah, and then and then sorry, just no, touching on the, no. on the, on the manager there, as, as you said. Yeah, he just uh, when when you played and the team went out and played, he didn't he doesn't he didn't care if you made mistakes in the final third and you're going forward. If you if you Take on a player or get in get in areas. Go and try something. Be express yourself. Kind of sort of enjoy enjoy it. But what he did, if you gave the ball, he just made sure that you were working uh, your your sort of balls off to get it back and, and, and work as hard hard as you could for the team. And just basically, um, if you've ran your cell into the ground, somebody else will come on and, and replace you and uh, and and do it, and they'll be. Obviously, working hard from that point on. So, um, yeah, probably, as you said, instilled belief. Um, yeah. But also made you feel like if you made a mistake, it wasn't the end of the world, uh, and just go again and try again. And then, how how kind of satisfying was it for you to be such a massive part of the playoff semi final and final, and and get involved with the goals that ultimately got us promoted? That 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 must have been. It must have been a really good feeling, a really positive feeling for you. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Obviously, another one of the highlights, one of the highlights of my career. Amazing. Obviously, the previous season winning the league, and but this season just felt like that because we'd been through such a like a a sort of hard slog of a season, Uh, and the and the effort that we'd obviously put in. like as a as a group of boys, and we'd been through managerial changes. We'd obviously had one at the start of the season. Obviously, one halfway through the season, and obviously just getting to that end point and getting that the the playoffs again. The first one was obviously against Airdrie, a tough team that I think over the piece of the season we actually struggled against, because um, they had a they had a right good team that season. And then Connor Smith's brother Calm, he was there. Uh, Frizzell had, had good players. I mean, the, as you you probably know, they would they would 
that team would have played in the championship. It's, it's the same sort of standard of standard of team. So to get over that line and, and as I say, from a personal point of view, to go on, I knew I could do it. I knew I knew I could come back and make a big impact. Um, I've been quite lucky, like in my career, I've had a lot of big moments and and big games actually. To be honest, uh, some derbies and 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 against goals against some big teams as well. So I just, I just had that belief in myself. I knew it was at a point where physically I was I was strong and I was fit, and I had a manager that sort of believed in us as well. Um, and also it did help. We did actually have, well, we, we had a, we had a good togetherness as a, as a team as well. And we, we, we believed as a team that we could go and get something that we deserved at the end of the season. Because I think when we yeah. came into the playoffs, we were actually coming in with a bit of form into yeah. the playoffs. And as the manager at that point said, <laughs> the, you're in the, there's no points now. We're in, we're in, we've came in uh, sort of in, in a high um, to play against Dunfermline first uh, East End Park which was obviously a good one um, but it was a hard because they had a good team on paper uh, some t- players that had obviously dropped from the Premier League I think they had uh, a few few there so yeah it was good it was good that was a, that was a good one yeah the first one Dunfermline was a was a nice yeah so it was a hard, hard games Aye, Effie Ambrose did you a wee favour that day if you remember uh, <laughs> Yeah, I thanked him for that one. Did you? Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. He's a big Effie's he's a great great guy. Um had a great career. Oh, he seems yeah, had a great career. I mean he's won the African Cup of Nations. Uh Aye. so luckily he's a bit slower than what he was when he was playing for the African <laughs> Cup of Nations. Uh and he took me down for a, the old red card. But um, yeah, some nice celebration. That was probably one of the ones that you remember with the celebrations and the boys together. Yeah. And I think that was probably that last, the last minute goal was probably the the turning, not the turning point, but the bit where you thought uh, we've got this, like in the next, in the next game. Aye, and uh, and that's when we went into the the final against Airdrie. Um, we all thought it was going to be Montrose actually, looking at the scores coming. But then Airdrie had a, a fantastic comeback in in their game, um, and it ended up being against Airdrie, a team that I don't think we'd actually beaten in ninety minutes that season because we played yeah. them, we played them in the League Cup, we lost them in the penalties. Aye, that's right. Aye, we've, this always happens for some reason. We always seem to play against the Airdrie. Like, it's happened before where we've been drawn against them in, in every single cup as well. Um, yeah. And so they, they beat us uh, on penalties in the, the League Cup group stage. We never once beat them in the league. Um, we did beat them in the Challenge Cup, but that was on penalties as well. So it wasn't in 90 minutes. So yeah. it, it just shows, like you say, like how, how things had changed going into the playoffs. And there was this momentum and confidence that we could go on and do it because we more than matched them and uh, and deserved to win in the end. Um, did you feel the pressure when you were setting up to take that penalty towards the end of extra time? Uh, to be honest, um, no, I no, I felt confident. To be honest, yeah, I remember the goalkeeper saying, uh, "You're nervous, aren't you?" Uh, he said he shouted something like that, and I just looked at him. I said, "I, I, th- I said something like, um, I can't, I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was basically something along. Oh, he wasn't a very good goalie." <laughs> so, um. Uh, 
I felt fairly confident that I was going to score. Obviously, nerve-wracking and there was a good crowd there and stuff, but my experience in the, in the, in the stadiums that I've played it in, in my career, it kind of felt... I, I felt <laughs> calm in the moment. I, I knew where I was putting the penalty. Uh, and I just, I just felt, to be honest, it was probably something that I deserved for all the hard work that I'd put in. Um, yeah over the piece with the injury and probably a bit of, bit of bad luck that I had as well. But, yeah, I didn't see anybody else trying to step up and take it. <laughs> I, was hope, I was hoping little Tommy Robson was going to come up, but uh, slot at home. Uh, but, no, it was great. I, I knew. I, I wanted the penalty. I wanted to be the man that scored the goal and, like, like obviously scored the winning goal in the playoff, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the highlights of that back. It's just like, it's countless at this point. Um, but, so as we were saying before we started actually recording this, we um, we actually had a wee chat with you in the, the Burnside Hotel after the game. I think you were considerably more sober than us at that point. But how did how did that, I mean, how how did the players enjoy their night that evening? I take it you said a bit of a party as well. You enjoyed yourselves. Yeah, I mean, obviously this starting from the stadium and whatever else like when the final whistle goes you probably see the highlights <laughs> and whatever else everyone steams onto the pitch uh, it's like winning something in football or, or like as I say you spend every day with your, with your teammates so you're like family aren't you and like when you win something there's no better feeling than like that buzz that, like it's when you score a goal or you, the final whistle goes and you've won and obviously at the end, running on the pitch and all the fans are there and like family members and whatever else and you're, you're all singing songs and uh, obviously we get to go into the dressing room and all the music's on and the boys are bouncing about. Uh, like that's, that's something that you, you, you'll never forget as a player. Uh, so that was, like I could have stayed in that dressing room all night. It was, it was <laughs> rough. Uh, yeah, it was it was class, and obviously the club had, had, had put on the Burn, Burnside Hotel, so we went back there with the lads, and obviously having a sing song and, and whatever else, and yeah, just a great night. Uh, a few drinks, well deserved. Uh, yeah, definitely. But all the boy, all the boys behaved. Aye, no, it was, sure, it was, we're it was, sure they did. We're sure yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was a brilliant night. Um, well, from what I remember, anyway. We were singing songs about Airdrie. Oh yeah, I think I know. We all know that one very well, don't you, worry. I think I know the worst. Actually, I will say. I will say one thing. When actually, fair play, the Airdrie boys that actually came and met us later on, uh, and we ended up having a few beers with it with them as well. So uh, they had they said that obviously we'd been they'd been beaten by the better (laughs) team, um, and they weren't good. Like they felt they weren't good enough on the day. So hats off to them for coming out. Uh, and sharing a drink, so. Aye, fair play. Uh, Wouldn't fair play. Me. No, <laughs> you'd be sick if you'd lost it. You wouldn't want to go out for a pint with the with the winners who are all buzzing and delighted to be going up, especially after such a long season getting to the playoff final. So I, uh, fair play to them for that. Um, so see, coming into this season, then Simon, what were the what were the team's goals? Because as fans, I don't think we had any idea what to expect coming into the championship. And there was obviously a couple of signings, a few fresh faces came in, uh, guys like Dom Thomas and Grant Savory, who are both exceptionally talented footballers um, and have been 
you you were playing you obviously played with them a lot and, and you had a really good relationship up front together. Um but what what did the what were the team expecting to be able to achieve this season and what were you expecting to be able to achieve for yourself? Um yeah. I think if you ask any player uh what they're gonna start I mean, at the start of the season. You want to win if you want to win everything that you do, don't you? You want to win games and stuff like that. But obviously there's a um sort of you've got to be realistic and whatever else. I felt like for us, we've obviously done D being in the in the league as well, dropping down from the SPL and having probably more experience in the ranks. Probably playoffs was what the guys were thinking that would be a, a pretty good season. I mean, achieving playoffs, but um, there's that thing in the, the top of your mind that you you know that you could go and beat these teams because, like as we've shown, and it was quite funny actually because obviously coming into that the season at the start, we knew the players that we had and and the potential that that we had as players and even like the players that like myself, uh, Tommy Robson and, and Lee, uh, Louis had been there from the, from the start and whatever else. We still, as four, had a massive point to prove to other people as well that maybe, you know, so we'd been at that level and would drop down. People are thinking, oh, it's like maybe they, they won't be able to do it at this level. So you, you have your own personal sort of goals. And as you, I mean, yeah, Lebo's been, I mean, everyone's been great. It's been been amazing. So, I think at the start, playoffs would have been good. But I think when we went out to Holland and done pre-season and we've seen what the the team was capable of, especially when we played Utrecht. I mean, Utrecht played every single one of their starting eleven against us, and I can tell you in that friendly, I went I went to Holland with Dundee United. I played against Utrecht, uh, AZ Alkmaar, and. Um, yeah, um, there was a Vitesse Arnhem. We scored one goal and I think we conceded 12. You know I mean, you're playing top opposition teams. So to go there uh, with the squad that we had kind of just obviously been put together, there was young players and we've played that well against Utrecht, never mind what the score was. We, we competed with a top uh, Dutch team. I mean, they're they're in the top league, so... It kind of gave us a little bit of, yeah, we're we're all right here. I mean, I know it could only be looked at as a as a friendly and whatever else, but I mean, I think the the centre half, Vander uh, Hoorn, his name was played like five years at Swansea. So I mean, we were playing against good players. So um, I think we had a bit of belief from the pre season that we done under the new coaching staff, and obviously the results that we had in pre season. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was four two. We beat Utrecht, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And and for you, so this is something that Coyle's talked about a wee bit. That was the first full preseason you'd had in a long, long time. Did you expect to be hitting the goals tally that you've hit so far this season by this stage, or was that even kind of beyond what you were hoping for? Did you? I mean, it's one thing being joint top scorer of the championship, top scorer because you actually had more assists than I can. I think. I think a few yeah. people were overlooking that. But yeah. uh, let's say top scorer of the championship. Did 
did you expect to to be hitting these numbers this early on in the season? Or I mean, would you have been happy with fifteen goals across the full season if you if you'd uh, been offered that tally? Or are you always kind of striving for even more? I think fifteen would have been fifteen would have been <laughs> pretty decent, to be honest. I think at the start of the season, um, I, I wanted to aim for ten at Christmas. If you can go for ten at Christmas and then ten after. Um, that would be the next sort of milestone. But I mean if you reach twenty league goals, um would be a great would be a, a great return over thirty six or thirty eight games, whatever it is, that would that would be pretty good if you scored I mean, yeah, twenty goals and that would be one in every two effectively. So uh yeah, it would be great. But I, going back to that, I kinda of, as I said, I felt like I was coming into pre season off the back of four four like four years without having one, I was coming into a team where not that I knew I was going to be playing, but I had the backing of the manager and he and he had had his belief in me. I was obviously uh, captain of the team, so I, I just had I don't know I just had that confidence and I, this was I think yeah the first half of the season up until I left was probably my most prolific season um, up to date in terms of goals. Um, but I felt like my my all round play, to be honest, was had really improved um, since obviously the manager coming in and whatever else, and just working on the training field. So, yeah, I didn't expect to score as many goals as what I can, but I went out there just to try and help the team as much as possible. But like as you, as you've said, like with Dom and Grant, like I mean, the the players that I had behind me as well, I mean. Like Josh and Jack and Mal and I me, mean, Mal's like Vieira. He's <laughs> yes, he's, he is. Uh, no, he's class. He's honestly what a boy he is as well. He's class. But touching on like other players, and you just had great opportunities. But we were just like there was a lot of I don't know about you guys watching it, but I just felt like felt like I was going to get a couple of goals and you were going to get a goal again because of the players and the and the way that we were playing. It's pretty pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Aye. So hopefully, yeah, I'm a, I'm away now, but hopefully they can continue that. Which they seem obviously they had a little blip at the weekend there, but they'll bounce back from that definitely. Aye, and so that was you've mentioned a couple of times earlier on that like there was this real kind of sense of togetherness um, this season, especially we saw it towards the end of last season, but this season especially with the the players, the management coils a big part of that thing, I think, and and the fans as well, and considering. There's, there's some off-field difficulties surrounding the club, let's say, with the kind of stadium situation, um, being nomads, always always changing our home. Obviously, we've been settled in Stenny for the most part this season, but did that play in the mind of the team at all, or, or did you just kind of concentrate on the football side of it and, and, and push that aside? Uh, obviously, it's a, a, in terms of that side, and, and you guys have obviously seen it with travelling to Stenhouse and stuff, no, nobody wants to do that. Um, I'm sure that the club obviously are trying to put things in place at the moment and it's been difficult but as players obviously if you're going here and um, well I've obviously got the training base that we train at but when you were going to this stadium and then back to Hamden and uh, obviously going back to to Steny and whatever else I suppose it could be d- distracting but as I've, as I've said before I felt like I feel like the group was that good 
and the and the manager and Sandy and and Young Owen and and everyone at the club would we, we just kept to task basically and we just kept whatever we needed to do whether there was some days obviously when the snow came you go to different ven- training venues or you you play at Stenney or you you go to Hamden or whatever else I just felt that the guys were in such a good place that they were when we were obviously we were winning games and whatever else. It, it didn't affect the guys much at all, no, the going from here to there. I just felt it was a good, just, we'll just do what we've got to do and we'll get on with it. And, and obviously now you're, you're no longer part of it, but how, how confident is this group of players that they can really go on and achieve something that'd be pretty special? Um, yeah, I mean, I think as you've as I've shown, like some of the performances and stuff that the the guys have done, they have the they will have belief there. They've got confidence, and actually, I know they're, they're a young team. But coming with young, maybe you don't have the experience, but you also have that no fear element where you're going out and you're playing, and it's just like you're you're going out there to enjoy your football, but also you're you're quite cocky, aren't you? When you're young or you're confident, I don't know what the word is. You've got that sort of, you can go and win games and whatever else. But um, yeah, I think there will be confident in the confidence in the in the camp. We've obviously had a few results during the season where, with, with, I think it was against. I think it, you you maybe know, but I think it was more in the last time we got beat, yeah. and then we won eight on the bounce. But when we got beat from Morton, it was like. A, a bad result, but we showed, we showed the the sort of bounce back that we came back and we went on a great run. So, I mean, it would be nice if they went and won eight in a row from now against from Morton. That would be that would be great. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. It's brilliant, Simon. It's say obviously that kind of recaps everything right up until where we started uh, back in January and and obviously what happened there, but. If we could take another few minutes just to talk about, obviously, the club you've you joined, as, as Callum said, back the first season where Queen's Park turned professional. Um, obviously, Manny Bucher had a, a stint in the dugout as well, but for the most part, he's been behind the scenes, for, certainly for what we hear, trying to sort of revolutionise the way that the, the club operates, not just like in terms of like the training and things like that, but of course recruitment and things. Can you speak a little bit to sort of Marion and, and sort of his influence and just how you found working with him, your dealings with him, and what do you make of Bukerball, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, so obviously he's come uh, from, he's got a great CV being at one of the top clubs. I think they're actually top of the Dutch league at the moment, um, AZ. So yeah, he's obviously came across to try and build the academy um, and make Queen's Park like bring through young talent and get them into the first team, obviously, the young Queen's Park here. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, a fresh new look, and I'm sure, um, obviously, the young players that are going to start coming through now will be exciting for you guys to see playing for, I mean, Queen's Park bringing them through their own players and hopefully selling them on or whatever else they're, they're going to be doing. So that, that's amazing. Uh, whereas maybe in previous years, they've not been able to do that and stuff like that. So... Yeah, and Ryan's obviously got a way that 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 he want that they want to play football in terms of um, I don't know maybe the, the sort of Dutch style of football, passing, so, yeah. passing and whatever else. So 
yeah, he's he's come over here to to Queen's Park and hopefully he could I mean build them in a a way that AZ have kind of got a sort of model there. So maybe it's similar to that. But um so far the the they're all doing not 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 a bad job, I would say. There's also yeah. a couple of um, like his recruits. You, you mentioned uh, Jack Thompson, who is a player that we know he very much stand behind and, and believes that he could be the, the sort of future in the midfield of, of Queen's Park. There are a number of decent young talents. Uh, you have touched on a few of them as well. Who are who are the biggest standouts to you in the, the Queen's Park squad with your time obviously working with them behind the scenes and everything like that? You've already already mentioned Malbo Ateng. We would absolutely love to keep him around. Of course, he's only on loan. Who knows what will happen there? But who else do you see maybe perhaps being able to well, take that next step up as well just as easily as, as a player like Mal? I mean, well, if you look through right through the whole team, um, I mean, the young players that you've got there, as you say, Mal is... Hopefully, going to keep continuing the way he's he's been great. Like, the, I mean, he's kind of been untouchable in in some games. Um, so I'm sure he's going to go into great things. And off the pitch, he's an even an even better guy. Eh? So uh, it's brilliant to see him doing so well. Uh, obviously, Grant Grant Savory, or Jack Thompson's, Jake Davidson's, they've all been they've all been great. Uh, Grant's obviously come from Peterhead where. He kind of tore us apart a couple of times last season. He doesn't. He doesn't let us forget that, by the way. <laughs> but uh, another good lad, um, Jack Thompson, probably is one that has came on the most um, since probably last year. Like he's been like some of the like performances in that this season. He's been top notch, hasn't he? So. Um, He's got a, he's got a, like a pro, he's a young obviously a young guy but he's got a, like a, he's got a maturity about him, a willingness to win uh, and stuff like that which he's a strong boy he's very powerful he's a, a great runner and he's had some amazing performances this year so as I say that there's um, in the young I mean the young guys there you've got three or four or five guys that could kick right on. And that's without speaking about even the younger guys that are coming through now. And like even like I know they're they're a wee bit older, mid twenties and stuff like that. But like Tommy Robson, like not put a foot wrong this year. Like obviously now the captain, but he's probably for me. Tommy's the I know he's my mate, uh, but he's probably the un unsung hero of the team in my opinion. I feel like he's the most steady. Week in, week out, um, doesn't really put a foot wrong. But he's uh, attacking wise this year. Every time I knew that he had the ball, he, I was going to give it into my feet and the wee reverses. Or I just had a good relationship with him when it came to playing. So I I enjoyed playing with playing with him. And uh, yeah, uh, even Lee Day, like he's been a, been brilliant this year as well. So I think everyone's just kind of took on to the challenge this year and kind of stepped up and I mean some a lot of players have, have, have are obviously doing great top end of the championship yeah they absolutely are um, but before we give you a chance to sort of say a, a final sort of bit to Queen's Park fans let's talk about like your sort of favourite memories Cal mentioned earlier on the, the free kick against Falkirk at the beginning of last season his favourite goal I did choose the 1-0 goal against Perthermland they obviously won that playoff leg 
Andrew, I think you chose the penalty against Airdrie just purely because of the, the situation and where it was. But Simon, do you have um, any one of those three or do you have another one, like sort of a, a favourite goal, a favourite moment, something like that? Do you know what? Obviously, I could sit here and I'm, I'm quite lucky because I've, I've had a few good... Mo- like, my time at Queen's Park was amazing. Like, I loved it. Um, as I said, I was sad to leave. But obviously... Uh, it's happened but yeah my favourite like in League 2 obviously we had uh, the massive game at, probably the only team that was going to trouble us at that point was Edinburgh the 3-2 we game we obviously went there and I think we went we were 1-0 up no I can't remember but we were definitely 2-1 down at one point and got the late uh, the, la- the late sort of two last um, I don't know if it was 10 minutes so that yeah. was that was that was a good one. Um, obviously, with fans not being there, that's probably what brought that one nut. It was good. It was a good memory. But because um, to be honest, that was probably the day um, that season about the new we won the league because we'd stepped yeah. away from Edinburgh. Um, so coming back and winning three two was was brilliant. Um, going into the next season, the Falkirk free kick was was, was was yeah it was it was a good goal, but. Yeah, it can't beat um, it can't beat the Airdrie playoff. Like the the Airdrie playoff is the it's got to be the best moment because we're like we had a hard season. Obviously, we spoke about and whatever else, but to go on and win something promotion with your mates, like and your and your team friends and stuff like that, um, that was probably the the best one. And then obviously going to the championship, we were all flying high, sco- winning great games. Hamilton at Hamden was was brilliant because the the fans had, like there was like three and a half thousand fans there at Hamden, like the community the community feel that the club has got about it just now. And obviously you've seen the like the potential there to grow that even further. So uh, a lot of great moments, but uh, I would say for me the the Airdrie penalty. There is some good choices there, but that's definitely yeah. got to be the, the, the top the one. There, and, uh, the Dunfermline celebration was all right as well. It's a superb photo, yes. Absolutely superb photo. The second best photo is, of course, the Wraith Rovers uh, behind the GoPro that we oh, don't yeah. find yeah. quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a good one. It certainly was. Um, I suppose just finally then that we've we've hopefully recapped and we've touched on all the highs and for from our point of view the lows of course of, of losing you in January. But I suppose uh, last word to you, Simon, just obviously summing up your time at Queens Park and I suppose a, a last message to the fans. Yeah, I mean for me, obviously, an amazing time at the club, great memories that will that will uh, last with me forever. Um, met great teammates. Obviously, everyone behind the the scenes at Queen's Park was amazing. So, only good memories, and hopefully, I'll be welcomed back. You never know what could happen uh, down the line, coaching, or you never know what what could happen. But um, just and to the fans, like obviously, thank you for the support. Um, obviously, there's been some tough times with injuries and whatever else, but the fans have been great, and the numbers like going away, Stenhouse Muir, as we've spoke about, like. Obviously, it's it's hard and it's not what you want to be doing, travelling and stuff like that. But the players, um, the players appreciate it a lot. I I appreciated it, and you can see after the games and stuff that we we, we try and go and see the fans and whatever else, and uh, try and get, 
at least show our appreciation and, and whatever else. But yeah, thank you for for all the support and uh, yeah, it's been it's, it was it was it was good good times. Oh, um... You, as you say, you never know what will happen in the future. I will be honest, I hope it's not a meeting in the playoffs at any point this season. <laughs> oh. Obviously, you never know how it's going to go with, I, with either team. Um, I beg <laughs> of you, though, we know that you do love um, celebrating in front of opposition fans, but for the love of God, don't if that happens. <laughs> just please. Uh, just uh, please. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we can run, run past uh, Tommy Robson with my tongue up. Uh, <laughs> he, he wouldn't let it, would he? No, he, he wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> He would chase me back to Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We never know what the future will hold, but Simon, thank you very much for joining us. Cal Menenzo, it has been a pleasure as always. Thanks to everybody that's going to be listening into this and hopefully enjoys uh, what Simon's got to say. As always, find us on Twitter at Spiders Talk Pod and find us on Pie and Bovril and all the Queen's Park threads, including the top of the league and your not thread. So thank you very much once again to everybody for listening. I will see you all again soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheers for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Cheers.